0: welcome to episode 44 of Therese talk I'm your host Therese Maine by day I co-host a morning radio show on a network in New York and Pennsylvania by night I'm a podcaster if you're a woman like me who loves Jesus and just wants to serve her family and community a little bit better you're in the right place would you take a moment right now and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode when was the last time you worshiped the obvious answer might be Sunday morning right when everyone was singing at church. But worship happens outside of church. In fact, it can happen without music. And you can stand in church singing and not really be worshiping. Let's find out what the Bible says. And maybe those of us who can't really sing so well will feel a little better about their worship. At its core, worship is the act of showing respect and love for God. Psalm 104 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. What does it mean to bless God's name? It means to be thankful and give him credit for all you are and all you have. So at the core of worship is gratitude. So does Thanksgiving dinner count as worship? Well, it could. Psalm 104 mentions two words, praise and worship. The definition of praise is rooted in thankfulness, and anyone can praise God. Even unbelievers can look at a sunset or a newborn baby and be thankful for it. They can even acknowledge God or some higher power. But worship goes beyond that. It's about a personal relationship, the one that believers have with God. Because we know Him, we worship not not Just what he's done, but who he is. Our spirit connects with his spirit. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. That is John 4:24. Notice so far, music isn't even a factor, it's really about the heart. When you see God's greatness and you realize how awesome he is. You begin to worship. Now, if you go to church, you probably have a different view of worship, liturgical versus non-liturgical, informal, private, corporate, executive. We have all these labels that we stick on worship. What churches sometimes miss is there are many ways we can worship. And yes, singing is definitely one of them, but there's dance, there's art, there's prayer, there's study, there's serving others, there's giving. Wait, giving? Yes, First Chronicles 6.29 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name, and bring an offering, and come before him. Worship the Lord in splendor and holiness. But see, it's not the giving that is the worship. It's the heart behind the giving that's the worship. What's your motive? What are you focused on as you give? So what about that church worship? Yes, that can be worship. No, it doesn't have to be fancy. Your church might sing hymns. You might have a modern worship band. There might be a piano. There could be drums. And it still can be worship. It depends on the heart. Does it matter that we're all together? Well, the idea behind congregational worship is rooted in Hebrews 10. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meaning together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The idea is that we encourage one another to worship when we gather. We work together in our efforts. But we don't worship better or more effectively because we are together, because at the heart of worship is that one-on-one connection with the Lord, and everyone needs to have that for themselves. You'll see a lot of different postures in worship. Some people raise their hands or wave their arms, and that's in the Bible. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. That's Psalm 134, verse 2. Some people will bow down, and that's a pretty common posture of reverence and surrender. Psalm 95, 6 says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Dan Dancing is another physical posture for worship. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. You'll find that in Psalm 149, verse 3. Now others will have no outward expression. And that's fine too. Stillness is an equally valid means of worship. And as you wonder and ponder the depths of God, remember Psalm 46.10. It says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Is worship essential to your faith? Well, it's not required for you to have a relationship with God, but it sure does make that relationship more meaningful, doesn't it? True worship focuses our eyes on God. It reminds us that He is in control. When everything seems to be falling apart around us, worship gives us a change of atmosphere that permeates to our core. Worship is when our whole self connects with God's wholeness. Romans 12:1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Everything about the way you live can be a form of worship. You just have to have the right mindset and the right heart behind it. If you've enjoyed this episode of Therese Talk, be sure to subscribe and look for the next episode on Tuesday morning. If you really loved it, consider making a gift to Family Life, the ministry this podcast is a part of. Just go to familylife.org and find out more about what we do. Did you know Family Life offers a variety of podcasts from news to kids to faith? You'll find a favorite on demand at familylife.org slash podcast.